Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Pervoye Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, hour two, we've got Venezuelan-American Jose Nino joining us from Texas, Texas, uh, formerly known as Mexico, where I'm transmitting from, cartel territory, um, you know, drop by uh, in the TNT Radio Interactive live chat. You can chat with us, leave questions for guests, call in. Phone lines are always listed at the top of TNT Radio. Dot live you can send emails through the contact form or my email is live. and what is going on you may have heard already it finally happened george santos this crook was uh finally expelled from congress so sometimes there is a little bit of justice i think it says he was the third since the american civil war to be congressman to be expelled so that is some good news i mean this guy was just a total open fraud and and crook um he just had to go he had to go and he's gone this is an interesting story sailor's death ruled a suicide by medical examiner fourth suicide at naval base kitsap this year so the death of a sailor found last week in his quarters at Naval Base Kitsap was ruled a suicide, marking the fourth service member at the base to die by suicide. This year, he served as a machinist mate first class assigned to the ballistic missile submarine USS Henry M. Jackson. So we know that there is a high rate of suicide in the service. So that's something to think about. But hey, you know, it, it is kind of suspicious that that many die from suicide at the same base. So maybe they're discovering things that they're not supposed to or uh, growing a conscience. Uh, you know, Pat Tillman. What happened to Pat Tillman died under friendly fire in Afghanistan. I kind of think that they took him out. But hey, um in venezuela in south america we have a ongoing problem latin america on edge as venezuela's maduro holds referendum whether to invade oil-rich neighbor guyana in a move that has prompted many to wonder which is the bigger banana republic venezuela or the u.s biden's new bff uh maduro uh he said Caracas is set to hold a referendum this uh, weekend among Venezuelans on annex annexing Guyana that's pretty hardcore and this is something I've been mentioning months back you know we're seeing all these flashpoints and we're in this time in history the hundred year storm where all of a sudden you know George Friedman of was it Strat Stratford recently commented on this I I, I mentioned that that this time it's different because there doesn't seem to be a connecting thread uh like there was during world war one or two to these different uh events like in uh nagorno-karabakh and now kosovo serbia and uh, middle east and, and ukraine and then north south korea south china sea now you've got venezuela guyana u.s mexico 
the problem. So, you know, at any moment, things can just pop off um, anywhere. And, you know, I think they are likely to, given the times that uh, the current time that we're living in Israel pounds southern Gaza, as officials say, long war expected for a year or more. So just as William Kay said last hour, expect years of war in Ukraine, expect years of war in Israel-Palestine. Um, they're talking about war now in the Balkans again. Crazy, crazy times. I hope none of that comes to pass. Uh, Dmitry Peskov has come out and said, uh, he's the Kremlin spokesman, the US-centric world is coming to an end. And the period of variety is approaching, including in international economic relations. The U.S. is the largest economy, but not the only one. And the global economy is not limited to the U.S. economy. That is interesting. Also, Thomas Han Wing Poland, uh, who I've talked to. Well, he wouldn't do an interview, but um, he did. Uh, he do he did do a written interview for my geopolitics and empire. He's got a fantastic uh, X account, Thomas Han Wing Poland. And he says that um, there's news that will stir trepidation in the West. China, together with Russia, is planning to build its northeast, no, northeasternmost province of Heilongjiang into a powerhouse hub for economic and scientific development. Um, 1.4 trillion is set to uh, be invested there, which will connect with the Russian Far East. That is pretty big um news and the eu is set to push xi jinping to stop chinese firms getting around sanctions on russia this is pretty pathetic eu leaders will personally ask xi jinping pretty please rein in 13 chinese entities accused of circumventing sanctions on russia i i don't think this is gonna happen <laughs> nice try though um also great article from kit clarenberg from gray zone on how new documents showing how Bellingcat, the quote, objective open source, you know, investigative journalism, uh, actually collaborates direct directly with the CIA and Western intelligence. And uh, I got a shout out from Mr. Bellingcat himself, Elliot Higgins, underwear salesman, a couple months back uh, for uh, a mistake I made on Twitter. But I'm I'm proud of that. It's a badge. They tried to shame me. They can't, they can't shame me. Uh, all right, um, a reminder that, um, uh, hey, follow us on the socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, Getter. Also subscribe to our video channels where we're also streaming now, Rumble, Odyssey, uh, YouTube. That's a big help for us. So help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on TNT Radio. Russia, gas prices, COVID mandates. It just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. A number of U.S. servicemen who refuse to take the Pentagon juice, COVID-19 vaccines, are suing the federal government and demanding billions of dollars worth of lost pay. Here with the story, joining me once again, TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Rory. Good for them, right? Okay, so uh, more than 8,000 active duty U.S. service members were discharged from the military for refusing to be administered the uh, the juice in the jab, uh, the COVID-19 vaccine, which was made compulsory by President Joe Biden's government uh, from August 2021 through January of 2023. 
uh, when it was ended. Uh, the mandate was revoked by law as part of the National Defense Authorization Act, making it the first time in U.S. military history that a vaccine requirement was reversed. Now, some of those men who uh, said no back then um, are filing lawsuits against the federal government and demanding billions of dollars worth of lost pay and benefits when they were discharged from the service. Attorney Dale Saran, Saran, sorry, a retired, Saran, there we go, Dale Saran, that's the attorney's name, a retired Marine and one of the lawyers who reportedly brought down the anthrax vaccine with fellow attorneys Andy Meyer and Brandon Johnson is representing the former troops in three separate lawsuits they plan to turn into a class action lawsuit, uh, as reported by Breitbart. Uh, Saran, Saran told the outlet, quote, the amount of money is in the billions. That's just flat out. That's what is in the back pay. It's billions of dollars, end quote. According to the legal counsel that represents all service members who were either kicked out or illegally ordered to stop drilling, resulting in loss of pay or benefits, the lawsuits were filed in the U.S. Court of Federal Claims which Saran says is a specialized court where illegal discharges are heard. Quote, the Court of Claims has been around since the Reconstruction era. It's a very old court and kind of a weird one. But in any event, you can go there if you've got a claim and say, hey, I was illegally discharged or the military did something to impede my pay or whatever. The Court of Claims is where you go, end quote. As per his computation, around 80,000 to 100,000 active duty and reservist servicemen were impacted by the mandate. Tens of thousands of reservists were told not to drill anymore or were moved to inactive status. Quote, they were basically without the benefit of any due process. No boards were held. They didn't hold any administrative separation boards. They didn't hold any hearings. They didn't do any federal recognition boards. None of the administrative or judicial procedures were used. They just flat out did it. And then they got the Coast Guard to follow along and they got a bunch of Coasties too, end quote. That's what the lawyer said. One of the former Coasties suing for damages is Zach Lash. Biden called him to personally thank him for saving lives during Hurricane Ian. At the time, Lash was two weeks away from being kicked out of the Coast Guard for not taking the vaccine. Uh, news of the lawsuits followed on uh, reports of the U.S. Army informing troops who were, quote unquote, involuntarily separated for not taking the coronavirus DARPA gene therapy shot can have their military records corrected due to the reversal of the jab mandate, something I reported on. I'm not sure if on this show, but certainly on this network. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that that was a move, by the way. Uh, people were not impressed by them saying, hey, listen, uh, if you want to come back and join the military, uh, we'll go ahead and clean up your uh, record. Uh, there was one guy, Frank Grimes Jr., who posted a copy of this letter that was sent out to everybody. Uh, and captioned it by saying, quote, the U.S. Army sent a whoops, we messed up, we need you letter to the service members wrongly fired for being unvaccinated. They should not go back and see this as a blessing and not give their life for a corrupt government who does not care about them, end quote. Well said, Frank Grimes, Jr. Uh, but I'm happy to see this this lawsuit, Herbori. Do you think this might, you know, go somewhere? I don't know. What do you think? 
bad timing because they're about to get mandated to take the new juicy juice, the new Pentagon juice uh, with COVID-24, right? Do you hear the news? The ruckus now in Ohio. COVID-24 has landed in Ohio, touched down, uh, you know, the, the first location in uh, the United Soviet States of America, you know, it was China first, uh, then the Netherlands. Now it's in Ohio. Um, you know, so have you thought about that scenario? What if uh, they do COVID-24? What are they going to call it? COVID-23, COVID-24, COVID-25, uh, and then they do mandates again. So what what? What will happen uh, to this? I mean, that could be a plausible scenario, no? I, I guess it's certainly I can't say it's not on the table because it's obviously on the table. There are white papers and groups and think tanks. It's definitely on the table, Hervori. I mean, I don't know. I, I just I think maybe people are conditioned. So I think the people who are going to to take the shots were, were maxed out. I don't think there's anything they can do other than literally forcing you down on the ground at gunpoint and jabbing you in the arm. You know what I mean? Like the people who are going to take it are going to take it still, no matter what you say and vice versa. So the people who are hesitant are full blown off that fence and are straight up anti-vaxxers now, my friend. So, and good for them. I, they should be. I'm going to do the Christopher Walken. Was it with you that we were talking about that or another guest? I can't recall um, that scene where they pull a gun out him and tell him to do something. He's like, no, uh, and he's like the 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 bad dude's like, but I've got a gun and walking Christopher Walken says, so what? <laughs> I don't care. Uh, so that's kind of my uh, Croatian way uh, of looking at things. And but you know where's the money going to come from, Ruckus? You know we don't have these billions. I mean we have these billions for Ukraine and for Israel and for Zelensky's daughters or cousins villa in croatia or italy um but not for american servicemen putting their lives on the line no maybe they'll have to settle for a um a, a lower credit score or something rather than billions of dollars the the way we're headed maybe maybe the the military will will offer them all a brand new cyber truck courtesy of elon musk uh, and a free year of starlink you never know <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I, but I guess in all seriousness, you know, this is good. They should push. Hopefully, they do get the rec recompensation. Um, there are lawsuits. I think we were discussing was it Ken was it Paxman in Texas um, suing Pfizer, uh, and there are lawsuits all around the place. Um, but th there was a, a slightly unrelated story though in, in New Zealand. Now, someone is publishing vax data um which might show how many people the vaccine is killing but again this goes back to what i was talking about yesterday how someone reported the mexican government is um rejecting the the pandemic treaty which is not true um and nick nick hudson i think who's been on tnt who's a great scientist he's also saying watch out scam alert because this person presenting the data uh of how many they might play up how many people are being killed by the vaccine and then the establishment will use that to discredit us uh, again so we have to be very careful do not run with the first thing that you see keep your finger from hitting that repost reshare retweet button and vet the info first so 
Rutgers have a wonderful uh, weekend this weekend. Relax. Don't look at the news. <laughs> Chill out. Um, uh, thanks for that. We'll have Jose Nino coming up, Venezuelan American from Texas. Phone lines are open if you want to chat. Be right back. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen. There's a dark cloud which is gathering over Ukraine. This has been an absolute disaster. In the last month alone, as I reported previously, Ukraine's lost 13,000 troops in October. So what does that mean? Well, you can guess that recruitment is probably down. So right now, the government in Kiev, the Zelensky government's doing forced conscription. Morale is at an all-time low. Uh, we've also seen conscientious objectors uh, who are taking to social media like Telegram, who reported uh, that they were just finished a six-month prison sentence uh, after refusing to go to the front line. Some of the forced conscripts rebelled, were imprisoned for six months, did a six-month sentence, and then the day before their release, they were put into a van and then sent to the front line. I kid you not. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT Radio. approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at, and then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Returning to the Rebel Transmission is Jose Nino, Venezuelan American, based in Texas. Check out his Jose Nino unfiltered substack. He writes for Big League Politics and American Free Press. He's got a podcast as well with great guests uh he's got another good one coming up next week uh which he uh, mentioned to me about how you doing jose i'm doing pretty well and i had an interesting encounter today at a coffee shop um where i talked with a guy about like henry kissinger especially after his death because he noticed on my laptop like uh i was like just looking at a story talk that was talking about henry kissinger he noticed like the image of it of of Kissinger on my laptop and that sparked this like 20 minute conversation I was just gonna ask you my first question your thoughts on the passing of one of Satan's minions 
um, Henry Kissinger and, you know, maybe this guy's thoughts as well. You know, my, my view is that, yeah, he was a key cog in the globalist machine, um, helped kill many millions through globalist U.S. foreign policy, but now he's nothing. Poof, he's gone. He's in the ether. Um, he's probably in hell unless he repented on his deathbed. Um, but you know now he's nothing he's 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 um dust you know the the pawn and the king both go back in the box at the end of the game right italian yep. proverb but your 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 thoughts on kissinger's legacy yeah it's weird um i what i was stressing with this guy was that like yeah kissinger is bad but like the current foreign policy class makes Kissinger look like a schoolboy in comparison to just how bad and also how stupid these people are. Because at least like Kissinger was like an intellectual, albeit like a very like nasty one in terms of his like um scheming and all of that. But <clears throat> one thing though that's interesting, I remember reading an article, I think from the American Conservative, that kind of refuted uh kissinger's realist credentials because that's how a lot of people framed him as as like a realist but in reality he was just like another interventionist hawk because on a lot of the key issues of the time in contrast to say like john mearsheimer who's like a real who actually is a realist kissinger was actually quite interventionist from like vietnam to like a lot of the current wars he's just a bit more intellectual and restrained compared to the like, neocon hacks that we have running foreign policy right now but in reality he was um another cog in this soulless interventionist enterprise that has captured u.s foreign policy since the end of world war ii yeah i i'd, I'd agree with you and you know Paul Craig Roberts, Dr. Paul Craig Roberts, Assistant Secretary of the Treasury under Reagan. I've, I had him on the program last year. I, I should probably get him back on. It's been quite a while. I don't like to bug people too often. But um, he also put out in the message in his uh, website today, he said, Henry Kissinger at 100 years of age left the world. He temporarily altered for the better after watching the neoconservatives in the clinton bush obama trump and biden regimes wipe out his accomplishments kissinger and nixon were men of peace and so i don't know that i think there's a paradox there where i've read some um analysis today that kissinger helped prolong vietnam because part of that was to demoralize yeah. um america and and, and the culture so I'm not quite sure if I fully agree with Roberts, although kind of as you say, I think what Kiss and then Kissinger, you know, in clips are popping up, old clips where one of his goals, I think, was speaking more to globalism, was to bring about world government and to to do it in a stable way, to bring China and the US to converge without war. Um, so you know, he was bad in the way, in the sense that you know, he was globalist, wanted this totalitarian global system but he kind of wanted to do it with as many few uh bodies as possible I don't, I don't know what you think about that yeah the article that i mentioned before just for listeners reference is called henry kissinger an an occasional realist it's by michael c dash at the american conservative 
Yeah, he was a strange figure because I think that his biggest accomplishment were dealing with pursuing detente of the Soviet Union and normalizing relations with China, which I would argue was what won the U.S. the Cold War. Curiously, if you looked on Twitter, on X, whatever you want to call it, the biggest praise Kissinger received when he died was from Chinese accounts. They were very much like grateful for Kissinger's body of work because if we're being honest, the opening of the Western like marketplace to China is one of the biggest moves that allowed China to go from like a communist backwater to now become like a peer competitor to the US in certain regional spheres. So there's definitely for some people, obviously for like the US, like the guy is just another hack in the interventionist machine. But for people like in China, his work definitely proved integral in allowing for the country to finally be incorporated into the international system and actually like lift a lot of people out of poverty. So a lot of these things, it turns out to be it's a matter of perspective. Yeah, and that brings to mind, I found this recent tweet from Stephen McDonald, China correspondent, BBC, he's got 100,000 followers on X. He says, a crucial aspect to Kissinger's death is that he shows how devoid of internationalism and genuine commitment to global liberation, I think he's talking about like um, communism, China's leaders have been, they couldn't care less how many of their communist brothers Kissinger slaughtered in Asia, as long as he was good for Beijing, which I think the point, what you just outlined, he helped China plug in to the one world um, system and the convergence, right? We can go back to Anthony Sutton, Carol Quigley, who have talked about, again, it all comes back to global, uh, to one world government. We're going to jump to our headlines real quick. Big news. We do have some big news. TNT Radio News. Big For news. TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Fighting resumed between Israel and Hamas early Friday morning. Ending the week-long truce as no immediate sign of a deal to extend the ceasefire for an eighth day was reached. The UK government has agreed to pay tens of millions in climate reparation loss and damage funds at this year's UN COP28 summit. Some defense experts are calling for airships to defend the Arctic North, saying technological advances have given them new practical usefulness amid challenges from hostile powers like China and Russia. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. We're talking to Jose Nino, Jose Nino Unfiltered, uh, Jose A.L. Nino on X. And to get your thoughts on uh, some of these stories, there's one from back home in Chicago. And I saw the clip 
and it's, it's unbelievable. Four female Chicago police officers, uh, or should I say, um, most of them, yeah, looking at the images, four, uh, what's the what's the politically correct term? Uh, obese, overweight, female um, officers try to arrest a shoplifter, one dude, and he's, he's pretty thin, um, and he gets away from them. And then uh, I guess the 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 head cop there says, and it's it's recorded on audio. The Chicago scanner says, "If we can't contain him, and it's just a retail theft, let him go." And someone says he has a cuff on him, squad. So I guess they managed to get like a cuff on one uh, arm or wrist. But I mean, that's a just a sad state of affairs. No, Jose. Yeah, th th this is clown world, but there's just so many politically correct developments crashing into there from like the the sex angle where you pr pretty much have to have all these like traditionally masculine positions um, staffed with women and then um, no, no regards for fitness standards. It's like a recipe for disaster. And I've um, said this as... And I'm going to be really politically incorrect here that um, I do not trust um, having women in any type of like law enforcement or like military functions because of basic biology. Like men are not only like physically stronger, but they're also like a lot mentally stronger to be able to deal with that kind of stress in those type of environments. And they're either going to get overpowered or they're just going to like freak out and um break down the spree decors of those respective like military or law enforcement units. This is just like that disaster waiting to happen. And this is how, this is why like uh, political correctness, wokeism, whatever you want to call it, when it's implemented as a public policy, it's just asking for trouble. And, you know, there are exceptions, uh, of course, but I'm going to agree with you. And if, if anyone um, says anything, you're racist because I'm Mexican. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not drunk. Yeah. I'm really a Mexican citizen. So you can't, <laughs> you can't say anything because that would be racism. I'm a minority. So please. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would generally uh, agree with you. But, you know, also the idea of, and they discuss in the article, I mean, there are these, just this nominal, like physical fitness test. Uh, like if, if uh, I, I, I forgot in, in the article, I lost the, oh, here it is, that they have a, sit and reach test one minute sit up test one repetition maximum bench press and a one and a half mile timed run but you know if i were if i myself you know sign up to be a policeman if that was my job i would get it i would get in shape just for myself like i would get in physical shape if i were personally you know a policeman i'm not i i work from home here so i've got an excuse but um I, I would get in shape uh, because for, for my own, you know, safety as well, knowing that I'd be put in harm's way yeah. like this. And so uh, just everywhere we see across the Western world, they're lowering standards. Schools are, are getting rid of um, certain tests for proficiency. Cops are, uh, you know, it's like idiocracy. We, we are yeah, collapsing. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it's also, I think it's a reflection to, Let's face it, in the U.S. in particular, man, you go everywhere, um, 
you're either going to see like overweight people, skinny fat people, or just flat out morbidly obese people these days. It's really hard to go and find people that are like fit. The only time you'll find like fit people is like when I, at least in my case, is when I go to like yoga class or I go to like um some t- type of like fitness meetup. But that's about it because once you go back to like normie world, dude, it's a lot of like land whales, slugs, just trudging along. And you know, um, th- there are people trying to get fit. I mean, I keep seeing. I saw on Telegram yesterday a couple from Brazil that were. Um, overweight and it took uh, they recorded themselves and it was just mind-blowing to see them shed that weight get fit uh and so you know anyone can turn things uh around very quickly but it takes a lot of work um i i also myself (laughs) need to uh get back in shape but there's this other crazy story you know breitbart among others are reporting this in ireland uh that there's this uh, city councilor, and he's he, he so he's an immigrant politician, I think from Bangladesh, is it? Um, Councilman uh, Abul Kalam Azad Talukder, who he he said he would like to shoot the Ireland rioters in the head and beat them until they die. And like, maybe that's something you do where you can come from. We don't do that in Ireland, and. I mean, I think this sort of rhetoric, I mean, it's just off off the wall. Yeah, he, he's a Bangladeshi national. Uh, and, you know, here he is as a, politi- I guess, councilman in Ireland saying, I mean, the, I, I would think this guy should be fired tomorrow. Uh, oh, yeah, 100%. That. Yeah, yeah I mean, those type, mm-hmm. the Ireland situation, um, was pretty revelatory on how the leaders there were spending more time um trashing the protesters and rioters than the actual like criminal act and i'm not a big fan of the rioting uh whatsoever and i actually think that um was probably like a strategic blunder if there are any like right-wing irish people that like try to like join in on that but um, I think that the real story about Ireland is that it's one of like the latest victims of this multiculturalism globalist push because <clears throat> it's um demographics recently got changed. It's not like England or the US, which passed like landmark immigration le- legislation like the 60s and 70s. It's really been since like the 90s or early 2000s that Ireland has transformed into this globalist hub thanks to a lot of like pro corporate policies and relaxation of its immigration policies. By the way, one of uh, our listeners on Twitter just tweeted out. He says, "Jose and Hervoy, I'm about to hit the gym right after this podcast ends. I can't allow this." He, and he just uh, posted his weight, 213 pounds. So, hey, just do it uh, as. Was it yeah. Shia? Was it Shia LeBuff? I can that that actor with the just do it meme thing that he yeah. did. I can't remember his yeah. name. Uh, so yeah, get, hey, hit the gym. Um, hey, you know the the New Year's resolutions. January first is coming up. Uh, real quick, mm-hmm. you could start earlier. But um, yeah, and I'd agree with you. I was just looking at today. You know, James Lindsay and others point out the 
Marxist, the dialectic that is at play here, thesis, antithesis, synthesis. And it just goes on and on this, this circle circle. This is how the globalists work. And, um, someone posted the meme, come on, do a right wing overreaction. So it's, that's actually what they want that would play into their hands. So if you do this right wing overreaction, then this, that will give the state the pretext to then uh, they're doing it anyways. They're bringing in, in Ireland the, the hate speech legislation, the 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 Garda, the the, the Irish authorities are calling the yeah. citizens extremists and terrorists. Meanwhile, the terrorists they're calling the good guys. I mean, there was actually a clip. Uh, where was this? The the Algerian right in Ireland. The Alger it was the, the Algerian who stabbed uh, uh, a, a few people, including kids um someone posted a clip this is unbelievable where this guy he refers to the algerian madman as a gentleman like and not, not as you know i'm uh, he says it's he's calling him uh what else did he say a, a gentleman um it's just unbelievable like you would call this guy yeah, a sick college. crazy murderer yeah, it's but brave mm -hmm yeah no it's just depraved total twisted upside down morality we're you know just i guess we're waiting in the west for men to start being uh men, men. uh again <laughs> and yeah you wrote this article as well for big league irish leader downplays the stabbing of children while obsessing over mass protests instead so you know just your any any thoughts you also wrote for american free press um Oh, that was a while back. States must enforce own immigration laws. And I've been having on the program uh, a couple of guests, Her Hernando Arce down in San Antonio, Texas, talking about just the flood uh, of, of migrants coming in. He's been doing some crazy clips about um, with Venezuelans talking about how there are so many scams going on that the there are NGOs charging the government um, fraudulently and getting money that's supposed to be going to the migrants um you know so any any other thoughts on what's going on going on in ireland um in, in texas and you know what we might expect in the future or do you think we might see um the population start to push back and saying say enough is enough yeah, so i think the border the state border security issue while it was written a while back like in my case i think it's almost perennial it's a perennial issue it's evergreen better word for it because it's just always relevant and i do think it's probably going to become a reality because the federal government is very much not interested in doing this and i think this goes beyond biden too because there's a really strong immigration bureaucracy in the u.s that wants to boost immigration as much as possible and i do think that there is an elite consensus going that the U.S. needs to start increasing legal migration in order to like compete with China and all that. And it's just like, yeah, the um, I think the situation is unsustainable, and I wouldn't be shocked if there's some type of compromise that's reached where they do some like bogus border security bill to like boost border security but then they do like an amnesty or they increase the amount of legal immigrants that are allowed to come into the country so it just continues this uh great replacement globalist agenda 
Yeah, that was a good point about China, which I hadn't thought of. And I had someone on not long ago that who said uh, it serves the unit party where for the Republicans, it's cheap labor for the Democrats, it's voters um, yeah. and more, more globalism. So, you know, yeah, there's that. Uh, all right. It's time for our break. People can um, feel free to call in. They can find Jose on uh, Substack, Jose Nino Unfiltered. We shall return. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. It's for the greater good. Have you noticed how often you've heard that expression? Mostly every time someone's advocating taking your rights away? The greater good. It connotes the old phrase, the common good, right? We're doing this for the common good. And we're gonna, yes, we're taking some of your income, but we're doing it for the common good. Well, that's shifted now to the greater good. Greater for whom? Never seems to be greater for me or for you. Always seems to be greater for them. And who gets to decide for whom it's greater? Why, well, they do, of course. Be silly to allow you and me to be able to determine what's in the greater good and for whom. This is the insidious underbelly of the totalitarian governmental impulse. And it's not just here in the United States, it's in Ireland, it's in the EU, it's in Australia and New Zealand. China, they don't even have to bother about it. They do what they're told. That's the entire essence of a totalitarian regime. But what's scary is how many democratic regimes want to emulate the totalitarian regimes. For the greater good, I'll take a hard pass. For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. Prediabetes does. One in three adults has prediabetes, but with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. And you can change the outcome. Take the one-minute prediabetes risk test today. Go to doihaveprediabetes.org. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. It's our last segment with Jose Nino out in Texas. And by the way, I want to ask you about this was posted today from the Texas nationalist movement, Texas, right? We had Brexit. Uh, by the way, they're talking about uh, getting the UK to rejoin the Fourth Reich, the new Euro European Soviet, the, the European Union. But Texas petition hits signature threshold to appear on March primary ballot. The Texas nationalist movement has reached the necessary signature threshold under the Texas election code. The petition needed 97,709 signatures for the question to be placed in the Republican primary ballot. So I guess it looks like it's going to appear March 2020 um, for, it says this weekend, they uh, hit 102,000. Um, you know, we, we've been talking a while uh, about this. You know, and back in 2010, Russian academic Igor Panarin published a controversial map of North America breaking apart. You can people can just type that into Google Images. Igor Panarin, 
it's uh, written how it sounds and you'll see this map of the u.s broken into different um uh, sections but you know and, and any thoughts on texas ever seceding in the short term to media in the short to medium term i would argue that it's unlikely long term it's anyone's guess because <clears throat> i'm not very bullish about the long-term future of the u.s due to the fact that it not only has a lot of economic problems it's going to have a good deal of socioeconomic issues as well sprinkled in with some racial and demographic problems that could lead to its overall breakdown i think because some of these problems are no longer in the realm of like public policy like if you just cut 20 percent spending cut like five percent taxes we can get things back in line some of these issues are more take a more existential and identitarian type of dimension to them which cannot be so easily solved and this texas nationalist movement it used to be seen as like a fringe like live action role play type of group but i think it's becoming more serious now because when you look at the average texas republican that's in being like involved in like the grassroots and all that they're angry across the board they don't really view the republican party as a legitimate vehicle to advance their interests so they're gonna start gradually gravitating to third ways like say like secessionist parties or anti-establishment republican candidates or conservative candidates and i just think that's a sign of like the times that people are losing faith in traditional institutions that they used to rely on to have their politics advance their interests advance but that's changing now we're entering a very different political paradigm now where the rules of 21st uh 20th century politics they're just no longer applicable yeah and you know i'm i'm looking at the map here a russian professor's prediction how the u.s will split i actually used it in my courses uh among a lot of other similar material uh the course that i taught north american scenarios and he says that you know from new mexico and texas on down to florida that would be called the texas republic will be part of mexico or under mexican influence from washington state down to california and arizona would be the californian republic will be part of china or under chinese influence montana down to colorado all the way down to uh missouri illinois no uh, yeah illinois ohio central north american republic will be part of canada or under canadian influence and atlantic america may join the european union the carolinas all the way up to maine alaska will go to russia hawaii will go yeah. to either japan or china uh, interesting you know thought exercise so um you know other thoughts of yours on maybe foreign policy uh you just reported on nikki haley getting backing now by the how do you call them the the, the coke the coke. the coach coke uh political political group jamie Dimon has been talking to neocon nikki hillary 2.0 uh, I'm afraid of her. Uh, so, um, you know, thoughts on that and then the wider war in, in Ukraine or um, Israel. Yeah, Nikki Haley, as I've said on numerous occasions, 
She's now seen as like the potential Trump challenger. It's no longer DeSantis. He kind of sputtered. And the donor class is, is I'd say that they've always been kind of behind her, but they were somewhat playing footsie with DeSantis, but it's become clear DeSantis is imploding. So Haley's kind of the go-to candidate. She's not going to beat Trump, but... <coughs> All right, um... I do believe that she will be used as a vehicle, a, a vehicle of subversion in a potential Trump administration, whether it's going to be like in a VP role or she insinuates herself into its cabinet. I think that's going to be the angle there. And they're propping her up a lot now. And you're seeing her much more active and boosted by some big money people. And um, you funny you mentioned Jamie Dimon because now you have like people like Bill Ackman, who's basically saying that like Biden shouldn't run for re-election. He's too like he's like washed up and all of that. So there is like the big money elites. They're um they're kind of gravitating towards like neocons now, is what I've, I'm noticing. Because most of these guys, they're all Zionists too. And with the Israel thing, um it, it to me, I think it's gonna be a type. There's gonna be some form of ethnic cleansing going down, um, in Gaza, unfortunately, um, and it looks like the U.S. is really, um, doing everything it can to provide cover for Israel's um ethnic cleansing campaign in Gaza, while not trying to make uh, while trying to ensure that this conflict doesn't spread to like Lebanon or other parts of the Middle East. But there's always some X factor that could really throw a wrench in all these things. So you you can never be so certain what's going to happen next. It, it seems like the goal is to clear out Gaza and send everyone to Egypt or to the U.S., to Egypt, uh, the refugees. Um, yep. And so forth. That seems to be one of the goals. But I, I did before we run out of time, given that you're Venezuelan. I think this weekend, if I read it correctly, one of it, one of your presidents, Maduro, um, is going to have a referendum uh, talking about annexing Guyana. There's this re new resource oil war going on in, in South America. What, what are your thoughts as to what's going on here? I haven't researched that topic a lot, but... Um, it is very intriguing because in South America and Latin America in general, there hasn't been a war of annexation in well over a century. I'd say like the last major war where you saw border changes actually occur was the War of the Pacific, which saw like Chile throw it down with um, Bolivia and Peru, among other countries. But I'm not too sure. Um, I think, like, with regards to Venezuela, um, it's clearly they're going for like a resource grab there to prop up the, the country's otherwise, like, flailing economy. But who knows how what will happen there. That could be also, like, a head fake to get the U.S. Um, attention and all of that. But... <clears throat> I do think that Venezuela will remain a topic of interest for DC elites because of its tightening relationship with the Eurasian axis of China, Iran, and Russia. And for that reason, they're always going to try to promote 
color revolutions and in other subversive activities to undermine that overall alliance structure yeah it's kind of what what you mentioned this venezuela's rhetoric and moves are kind of you know nothing like that has happened for a long time there and it'd be quite out of the ordinary you had venezuelan defense minister lopez say uh venezuela is against guyana's imperialism and the military is ready to intervene um some comments say we're getting closer to a conflict in latin uh america um so yeah we got a couple minutes left uh you know they're calling for covid 23 or 24 again jose uh a mysterious pneumonia uh has hit china and netherlands and has now touched down in ohio and you've got marco rubio and four other senators to, uh calling for a, a travel ban from china it's like deja vu um do you think they'll succeed in in uh COVID 1984 part due hmm. sorry um i'm actually not so sure because so many people are over covid for the most part and even a good deal of the liberals i talked to they're they were exhausted by it i think there has to be some like novel type of outbreak or even I would say a different type of crisis altogether to scare people into giving up their rights. But <clears throat> there is going to be the perpetual threat of the biosecurity state trying to find ways to get people to buy their noxious elixirs and all the snake oil they constantly foist upon the population. That's going to always be there because big pharma – it's like a massive industry altogether. But um, I think the COVID-1984 card has been largely played and they can't really draw it up now, I think. Um, they're going to have to like pivot to some other type of illness or another like mass crisis to justify another power grab. Yeah, but you know, I'm, I'm not so sure if we look at history again when they rolled out the global war on terror 2001, you know, for a good 10, 20 years, they just kept concocting terror scares uh and so if you know in 2020 they whipped up the 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 bio the, the global war on bioterror um COVID would just be the beginning and every few years they'll just be trying to whack whack us over the head with this um but hopefully not uh Jose uh thanks for coming back on uh tell us again where you, your projects and where we find you yeah, you can find me on Twitter X at Jose Al Nino. You can follow me there for my political takes and you can subscribe to my Substack for my in-depth analysis of political events. Uh, Jose Nino unfiltered at josbcf.substack.com. And you can also listen to my podcast, El Nino Speaks, which is on my Substack as well. And you can also subscribe to it on iTunes and Spotify. All right, talk to you next week. Steve Malsberg is up next. Stay tuned. Be seeing you.